Thank you so much. And uh, till now we all are living and we all are alive. Yes, we breathe, we eat, we go to work and we follow our daily routine. And we are just repeating the same thing every day. We are living only for survival. And this has been our part of daily routine. But are we really here for the survival? An animal is also living. Eat food, shelter, and mate. The way of animal is to search for food and satisfy the hunger, to produce children, and to take care of the family. If animals and human beings are living a similar life, then what is the difference between both of them? Existence must have given something to human being, something extraordinary, which separates us from animal kingdom. What is that which separates us? This question is very important for us. Till now, we have never asked this question. We raised many relevant questions with ourselves about our past miseries, about our mistakes or future affairs. But these are all absurd questions, which has no meaning to it. A real question comes with the awareness. And for that, you have to give time to yourself. Till now, we have never listened to ourselves. Rather talked a lot about knowing whether this shall help or degrade our state. So what is life? Are we misunderstanding survival with life? Or are we living in the society where nobody is aware what is the true way of living? Something we are missing. That's why there is no fulfillment within. There is a quest. The following words are written on the tomb of an Anglican bishop in the crypts of Westminster Abbey. So the words are, when I was young and free, and my imagination had no limits. I dreamed of changing the world. As I grew older and wiser, I discovered the world would not change. So I shortened my sights somewhat and decided to change only my country. But it too seemed immovable. As I grew into my twilight years, in one last desperate attempt, I settled for changing only my family, those closest to me, but alas, they would have none of it. And now, as I lay on my deathbed, I suddenly realize if I had only changed myself first, then by example, I would have changed my family. From their inspiration and encouragement, I would then have been able to better my country. And who knows, I may have even changed the world. So when someone asks the question, what is life? The answer is a blurred image around your phone is called life. We tend to miss the very life because we are so engrossed in our worldly affairs. We are so full of everything and carrying so much baggage on our shoulders, which doesn't allow us to feel how it is to be free and empty. There is a beautiful story of Zen master Ryutan and his disciple Tokusan. Every master has their own way. And so has Ryutan, the Zen master. So once it happened, Zen master Rutan was sitting silently 
and suddenly his disciple Prabhusan came to his cave. Rutan went to serving tea to his disciple Tokusan and kept pouring. Tokusan watched the overflow until he could restrain himself no longer. Stop. The cup is overfull. No more will go in. Rutan, the master said, like this cup, you are so full of your own opinions and speculations how can I show you Zen? Unless you first empty your cup. And this is life. We all are living like this. We all are so full with our worries, with our opinions, with our speculations that we don't even know. So there's a beautiful story of Ramana Maharshi who was a very famous sage Ramana Maharshi's story says when he was meditating on Arunachala and two thieves came and thought this man has seen them and now they both would be in trouble. One of the thieves went uphill and started staring at Ramana and few minutes later went down the hill and told his friend that I found this man blind. He didn't see us. But that was not the reality. Ramana was simply sitting, no movement, only stillness. Being still. Witnessing everything. This is called Therao. Nowhere to go. Simply arrived. And this is the very nature of those who are Buddhas. Buddha talked about Samyak Drishti. In Dhammapada it is mentioned, Samasti which says mindfulness. And the moment you become samasati, mindful, your whole life changes. So Ramakrishna Paraman says, when you reach a state where you can empty your mind of all thoughts, you don't need any outer supply. Nature itself supplies you with ideas unceasingly. Ram Krishna also used to say the same thing. He used to tell a story in a store of grain as you pull the heap of grain forward. The grain that is lying in the back automatically comes forward into your reach. It is similar. One never feels the paucity of ideas if one could connect to the universal storehouse of ideation. I will tell you one anecdote Ramakrishna loved to tell. He used to say, so once it happened that there was a great festival near a sea on the beach. Thousands of people were gathered there and suddenly they all became engrossed in a question. Whether the sea is immeasurable or measurable. Whether there is bottom to it or not. Fathomable or unfathomable. By chance, one man completely made of salt was also there. He said, you wait and you discuss and I will go into the ocean and find out. Because how can one know unless one goes into it? So the man of salt jumped into the ocean. Hours passed, days passed, then months passed. And people started to go to their homes. They had waited long enough. And the man of salt was not coming back. The man of salt. The moment he entered the ocean, started melting. And by the time he reached the bottom, he was not. He came to know, but he couldn't come back. And those who didn't know, they discussed it for a long time. They may have arrived at some conclusions because the mind loves to reach conclusions. Once a conclusion is reached, mind feels at ease. And so many philosophies exist. All philosophies exist to fulfill a need. The mind asks and the mind cannot remain with the question. 
it is uneasy to remain with the question feels inconvenient an answer is needed even if it is false it will do mind is put at rest to go on and take a jump into the sea is a dangerous and remember ram krishna is true we are all men of salt as far as the ocean is concerned the ocean of life and death we are men of salt we will melt into it because we come out of it we are made by it of it we will melt so mind is always afraid of going into the ocean it is made of salt it is bound to dissolve it is afraid so it remains on the bank discussing things debating arguing creating theories all false because they are based on fear a courageous man will take the jump and he will resist accepting any answer which is not known by himself our mind is surrounded by thought every moment there is something constantly happening it is not at ease a one who is in deep surrender towards existence becomes godly the moment you drop everything rest will be taken care of by the existence itself you need not to follow any rituals to please god just gratitude is enough to be in the godliness there is one urdu shair which says na namaz aati hai mujhko na wazu aata hai sajda kar leta hu jab samne bhi aata hai life is a mystery and those who have tried to understand this through their intellect have missed the opportunity to know the truth it is to be lived just as it is for this great understanding is needed that i say wisdom which comes within no way to go just change the direction from outer to inner it is out of muddy water lotus emerges and blooms similarly the outer world is like that muddy environment which is not a negative situation if we see clearly there lies a very hidden possibility for our inner flowering live the maximum not the minimum don't compromise with minimum when the whole is available and the day will come when your presence will radiate a perfume and reach to the masses which showers them with fullness all the upnishads all the philosophies has said only one thing chidanand rupah shivoham shivo i am not the mind nor intellect nor ego nor the reflections of inner self i am not the five senses i am beyond that i am not the other not the earth not the fire not the wind i am indeed that eternal knowing and bliss love and pure consciousness sat chit anand existence consciousness bliss and that is why those who have tasted the nectar of the divine beauty have said in the glory of supreme satchidanand rupaya the one who is bliss love and pure consciousness who is the creator and the destroyer so with this we will do some reflections so for a minute very gently you may all please close your eyes and let us sit for a moment and just be and let us ask one question to ourselves what is my real identity without job without name apart from all the identities which society has given the one 
which belongs to you, which is eternal, the real you. Just be with this. Just go a little deeper. And see what comes. Be there and just witness. Do nothing. Be calm and gentle with yourself. Just be there. And rest. Bring a gentle smile on your face. And gently, you may open your eyes now. We are done for today. And uh, if there are any questions, then we can have Q&A. Sure. First of all, thank you very much, Shivanji. Thank you. It was always it was, it was a pleasure talking to you even two weeks back. And thank you so much for your words of wisdom. So I'll open it up. Uh, Vinita, would you like to start? Any any comments, any thoughts? I, I, Vinita uh, is based in Kolkata, Shivanji. I would love to, uh, I would like to thank you for the lovely talk. It was really nice. And what a lovely way to start a weekend. Thank you, Ganesh, for organizing this. Thank you so much, Vinita. Yeah, no, I uh, really loved your talk, especially when you started about, uh, you know, with Ramana Maharshi's, uh, exp uh, uh, you know, experience. And I've been incidentally reading a book on Ramana Maharshi and I find it so inspirational. And uh, like you say that he says there's nowhere to go, but still I've arrived. So, you know, even in our spiritual studies, when we start, what we say is that spirituality is not a journey in space or time. It is just a journey from ignorance to knowledge. So without having physically traveled, you just arrive. And of course, the mindfulness you spoke about in Buddhism and empty your mind, that is exactly what the Vedanta, the Upanishads, they tell us that it is all about mind controlling your mind because once you, uh, instead of, looking outward for your answers if you look inwards and you in uh, you know you start uh, looking for and that's exactly where it is because then you realize that what we are 
as you mentioned about uh, Sat Chitanan, that you are eternal consciousness, existence, existence, consciousness, and bliss. So when you know that you are eternal and you are consciousness, you can't be anything but happy. So that's what you are. And then immediately the, um, uh, you know, the, you come to the realization that Brahma Satya Jagat Mithya. And the minute you realize uh, the uh, falsity of the world outside, uh, you, uh, there can be nothing but happiness because you know that there is a permanence inside you which cannot be destroyed. Because all the reason for our sorrow is the impermanence, the change. None of us want to, you know, uh, change anything that is there. None of us want to go away. But once you realize that you're always there, then you can't be anything but happy. And uh, of course, uh, uh, that's exactly what they say, you know, sajatiya vritti pravaha, which means one type of thought, which is the thought of the Paramatma. And uh, you just get rid of the vijatiya uh, vritti pravaha, which is the different types of thoughts. And uh, then, uh, of course, what you said about mind loves to reach a conclusion. So the logical conclusion is, again, Satchitananda and Shivoham Shivoham, Chidananda Rupam Shivoham. And uh, of course, uh, deep surrender to God and um, uh, the uh, what you spoke about, uh, you know, uh, the destroy, it is it, it actually what it does, it, it destroys all the fear within us, the fear of the world, the because it's always in a state of flux. And thank you so much for ending this session with such a beautiful meditation because in the Upanishads, it's all about uh, Shravana, Manana, Nidhi Vyasana. So having heard you and then we need to mull over it and then once you close your mind and you try to uh, just meditate over it, that is when that knowledge becomes your own and it becomes Paravidya instead of Aparavidya. Aparavidya is external knowledge that you hear but Paravidya is something that you feel within you. So what you have succeeded in ending your se session by making us meditate is that we've actually internalized whatever the whatever you have said about Satchidanan. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Vinita. Beautifully, beautifully articulated. And I absolutely love the story of Man of Salt. Because I think this is unless and until you totally dissolve yourself and the eye is lost. That's when you become in the knowing. So from that's the journey from doing, doing, doing to being. So yeah, any more questions? Any other thoughts? Uh, yeah, Manjiri, Naren. Stephen. Manjiri, go ahead. Uh, Naren, you go first. I'll, I'll talk to you. Okay. Uh, Shivamji, thank you so much for taking time out for all of us. Uh, two things which made a deep impact on me today. And uh, one question that I have for you, two things which made a deep impact on me is uh, how Mridula introduced you and said, how will one make progress in spirituality if the base of choices is fear? I think it was very, very deep. And uh, when you said that the mind likes to reach a conclusion and in reaching a conclusion, it feels its value. And even if the conclusion is wrong, it's okay. There is a longing for us to come to some kind of a conclusion. I think on this, I'll have to think more and deep. The question that I have for you is, and if you think it's something worth answering, please go ahead. Otherwise, you can, can simply ignore it. Uh, we have heard about Satchitananda. And in the scriptures, we speak about Satchitananda is the way to live life. The question that comes to me is, what is the role of love? So would it be something like Prem Satchitanan? Or if it is Satchitanan, and like Vinita says, Jagat is Mithya. So when we speak about love, is it our relationship with the Jagat, where that uh, entire relationship of love comes in? Or does love actually have some importance in the path of spirituality? Up to you, Shyamji. So, thank you so much for asking the wonderful question and definitely it is worth answering. And your question is very valid. Love is the base and foundation 
of all the religions. Or rather, I would put, love should be the base and foundation of all religions. <laughs> and the real religion emerges out of love. And if there is no love, there is no Satchidananda. If a man is full of anger, if a man is full of ego, which we say the masculine energy at its peak, where there is no love, there can be so much knowledge. There can be so much which a person has accumulated. But if that is not out of love, then it is totally a waste. And if a person has complete love, deep love, inside out, then whether the person is not aware of anything has finally reached. You see a villager, they are not so much educated. In the terms of education, they are illiterate. But what they have is missing in the urban culture. They have love. They know how to respect. They know how to show the affection. And that is not false. That is something which comes within. And that is the real religion. That is the true religion. And if a person can understand this deep theory of love, it is very easy to understand what Satchidanand is. Because Satchidanand is not what we listen, what we hear. Satchidanand is what we experience. It is an outcome. Once we reach to a certain level of purity, of love and joyfulness, then the flower blooms, which is known as Satchidana. That was truly brilliant, Shomji. Really amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much. Manjali? Thank you, Shivamji. First thing, Rujula, excellent introduction. Uh, Ganesh, thanks for organizing uh, this. Uh, Shivamji, two uh, things which you said. The first was about the quote. Uh, you know the uh, the difference between animals and us. Uh, what is what really differentiates us? So I would say adding to what you just said about love, uh, it's the empathy, right? The the ability to empathize with not just people like us, but people who are different from us, or even beings who are different from us. And the second thing, uh, very interesting, what you said about the quotation how we start, we grow up saying that I have to change the world and then we can't change the world. And uh, so I want to ask you a question on that front is that I started my journey as a child, like most of us saying I can change everything and then we can't change anything like what you said. And then you come back to saying, actually, there are bits of the world you can change. And because you have reached a stage where you have decided to change yourself and that's the only thing you can change. But then you reach a stage where you say, okay, there are bits of the world you cannot change, but there are some bits of the world you can change. So is that right? Or is there anything you would like to uh, tell us more about on change for the world? So there is a Zen saying which says, I was a fool when I tried to change the world. And I became wise when I realized that I have to change myself. The moment we understand, there is no need to change anybody. You just have to change the lenses from which you are seeing, which says, yatha drishti, tatha drishti. If you have to change the srishti, you have to change your drishti. If you wish to change the world, you have to change the perspective, the lens from which you are seeing. And the moment you change yourself, you see, everything is different. It is like walking on the road and you see there are so many obstacles on the road. The road is not appropriate. Whom will you blame? The road or yourself? You just have to take the U-turn and go to the different direction. Because 
road is what it is that you cannot change maybe someone can do that but now here no you cannot but yes you have an option to change the direction and the moment you change the direction you see the beauty is here and now but we are so engrossed and focusing on only where there is a negativity where there is a obstacle where there is a hurdle from that limited belief self limiting belief to abundant mindset once we understand this concept of life then we don't need to change the world the outcome will be a beautiful world because at that time everybody is thinking about that everyone is thinking that i have to change myself and what is society we are the society when we talk about masses that i want to change everybody that is a wrong mindset and the moment we say let's create an inner revolution and change ourselves that has the possibility there is a possibility lies to change the environment to change the earth and just be what we are the true state the real state which we say sachidanand Ganesh, you got a question? Yes, hi. Thank you, Ganesh. Uh, sorry, I'm not able to put my video on. Uh, thank you very much for uh, this beautiful uh, session. And my question really is related to you know one of these things that has that has come up twice today that how fears come in the way of spirituality and spiritual evolution. uh so i wanted to ask that what would be the uh, you know guidance on a day to day basis to be able to um go from you know the space of fear to the space of uh, inner power the space of values what would be your suggestion to not get agitated uh, and to be otherwise you know on a practical basis thank you from the very childhood from the very childhood sandeep we have been conditioned We all have been conditioned. From the very childhood, we have been conditioned that do this, otherwise this would happen. Do this, otherwise this would happen. So our upbringing is full of fear. with so much conditioning we have reached to a state that in our day to day life we are full of fear what to do with it what can be done if you go deeper you will find that you are not the fear the fear is within you just a little awareness is needed you need to zoom in and see what is it something which is creating disturbance in you what is it which is creating so much fear in you because till now we have not tried to know the fear we only wish to come to the conclusion and wish to end immediately without living it without accepting it we are constantly fighting and this fight you can never win because you are fighting with the unknown which is not physically present it is easy to fight someone who is physically present in front of you and maybe you can win there is a possibility to win but to fight with the unknown is very difficult how can you do that because unknown is not visible unknown is not present yet it exists and something which exists you have to deal with it now the question comes how to deal with it 
awareness is the only way to deal with it the moment you become aware and accept the totality of that feeling the moment you start living without neglecting it without living it half accepting it fully you will realize that you are in the present moment and in the present moment you will experience that there is only you because fear exists when you are in the past or in the future and when you are in the here and now you are out of that psychological time zone so fear is equals to time and when you are out of that time you are out of the fear you exist that's why fear exists when you are totally here and now watching it rather than fighting with it you will experience that there is nothing there is absolutely purity and joy within and always remember fragmentation of thought creates fear because you are so divided your divided self is so fearful that it does not want to experience the totality and to experience the totality of the moment you have to be in the here and now that is the inward flowering beautiful. beautiful thank you thank you very much i, I can see stephen uh, yes, stephen yes, and then lokanath so stephen yeah. well thank thank you very much for the opportunity and what a wonderful session and thank you sri shivam for your presentation today and and it's interesting that we have between us today been speaking about that wonderful word love <laughs> and uh, i've been privileged to have some communication with ganesh uh, about this topic uh, because you know he described love as the key to his own success as a leader in the business environment but i wanted to ask you if i may uh, sri sri is i'm speaking later today to a group of uh high school students uh, they're about to go on next year to university and i speak as a communicator i can give them some tips that's easy but actually how can you connect with their heart how can you connect them with a concept like love particularly when they're growing up in societies and cultures which are increasingly materialistic and and where you know phenomena such as we call it you might have it in india as well fomo f o m o fear of missing out how do you connect your your wonderful message uh, to those young people so there is a peer pressure which we all see nowadays which says i have done this what are you waiting for and this message is circulating in each and every vein of teenagers and there is a term which we use fomo fear of missing out but is this term really exist or not is the question we have never inquired that what is fomo rather we have accepted the reality that fomo exist so there is a so called culture a certain sets of group of people which says the time feeling fomo but does it really exist 50 years back 100 years back 200 years back no then what is it something which millennials are talking about is fomo really exist 
or is it the creation of our own mind which is an outcome of fear whether you name fear of missing out whether you name abc whether you name xyz to any fear but fear is fear there is no dividation there is no fragmentation in fear fear is simply fear it is like love is simply love people say that there is a conditional love people say there is love between husband and wife love between father and son but if you see the root love is simply love the moment we give term to anything it simply says we don't wish to go into that and we simply wish to accept the fact that yes i am experiencing fear i am experiencing fomo but that's not the reality the reality is because our mind never wish to accept the reality the totality of fear that's why there is a fragmentation that's why there is a dividation which says i want to give name to this fear this fear is fomo this fear is this this fear is this but that's not right the moment you come out of fear the moment you experience the totality of that fear and understand it with your intelligence you're out of fear whether it is fomo whether it is shomo whether it whatsoever it is whatever name you give it but love is the absence of fear great way of putting it thank you i think we are entering the last 5 minutes so lokanathan would you like to ask your question thank you and shyam ji thank you for a very nice session and it was really thought provoking uh, and some of the points that really resonated with me that uh, as as uh, people you know as human beings how do we use our mind uh, which is given to us and how do we make the most of it to understand the purpose of life the second part that you talked about the mind uh, loves to reach a conclusion i think that's really uh, that's really so true i mean Uh, we are always looking for an answer to our questions and unless the questions are answered we are kind of restless and we are kind of just waiting to find that answer and that's where my question is that you know there is this belief that unless you are desperate to understand the truth uh, you will probably never get it i mean a person for example a person who is drowning and he's just desperately to fight for life i mean that's the kind of state in which a person has to be to be able to realize truth and what your thoughts on that the real quest comes within and if you are not desperate if you are not willing to understand what the life is then it is not possible to know the truth because through intellect you cannot reach to a stage which is impossible possibility lies when you understand that there is something which is beyond our intellect and because man is full of ego he always uses his mind and through mind you can never reach to a point which we say satchidanand or we say the bliss quotient knowingness comes within and the real intelligence says when you are totally in harmony with yourself when you are totally aligned with yourself then you are simply arrived so you are already home to understand this a great understanding is needed can i Thank you. Can I just put across a short, uh, just add, adding to that? So you've explained it so beautifully. So that's exactly what Advaita philosophy or non-dualism 
it says that the minute we realize that there is no non-dualism and we are all one and the same, we are the same uh, Aham Brahmasmi. Our Atman is the same as the Brahman and it is all pervading and we are Satchitanan. The minute that comes, the fear goes away because the fear only comes out of duality. When you mistake a, a rope for a snake, once you realize that no, it's a snake, then there's no, uh, that it's a rope, then there's no fear. So similarly, once you realize that you yourself are, you, your Atman is one with the Brahman, there is no fear. And secondly, how can there be anything but love when you see everything as an extension of yourself? Is it possible for you to hate your hands or your legs just because they are deformed or, you know, they are not serving the purpose? So similarly, if you realize that the whole universe is just an extension of yourself, then you there can't be anything but love. So, I mean, this is just my uh, take on... Uh, Very nice. Very just nice. continuing on what you... That's said. true. Thank you. Ganesh, you are on mute. I was just saying, does anybody else have any urgent question? Madhrecha, any, any thoughts? There's actually one comment uh, by uh, Deepak. Yeah, yeah Deepak Gupta, no? Yeah, on please. chat. I will yeah, just read, read it, it out. Yeah. So, a thought for exploration. Why does it have to be a movement from one state to another? Why can't it be about multiple states coexisting at any given point <coughs> of time? Why can't it be a meta state where I constantly move between the different states of mind and existence? Quite a few questions rolled into one. Anything you would like to say, Guruji? So, when we give thought for exploration, why does it have to be a movement from one state to another? Why can't it be about multiple states? Actually, we don't need to travel from this state to that state. Again, traveling to a state. Who is traveler? Who is a traveler? Who is traveling? The one who is traveling has not seen the traveler. That's why there is a distinct between traveler and the traveling. And the moment the traveler is lost, only traveling exists. Then in that traveling, you will find you are the one who is a traveler. It simply says nowhere to go. The only state which exists is here and now. Because in reality, there is nothing. There is no past, there is no future. It is all created by our psychological mind. If you go out of this earth, you will find different time zones. On Jupiter, there is different time zone. On moon, there is different time zone. But what is it which is beyond all the time zones? What is it which is beyond everything, beyond all the planets? which is universal. That is your true state, the original state, a clean slate. Because we have not experienced the clean slate, we say, this is my state and this is where I have to go. This is the distinction which our mind has created. But in reality, there is no distinction. Aham nirvikalpam nirakar rupo. Which says, there is no akar, there is no form of mind. We all are having human body experience while being spiritual, which Teilhard, a French philosopher, has said. We all are having human experience while being spiritual. But if you talk to someone and say, are you spiritual or not? The reply would be either yes or no, without knowing, without understanding. They said, no, I'm not spiritual. They have certain dharana. They have certain belief system. 
and the one who is saying yes i am spiritual that is also out of the false identity which one has not yet experienced but something we are missing which we are not fear of missing out so things materially which we have not experienced we have fear of missing out but the possibility which we all have we are not fearful we are constantly missing it to reach to experience the ultimate so even if you have to experience the fear even if you have to do fear be fearful for the good then it would be a good fear to have <laughs> that's a very good one sir <laughs> so i'll just close this and just echoing what garima just posted saying that thank you very much shivanji for you know just answering such difficult concepts with such simplicity and i think that is really what made this session really stand out so thank you very much for spending an hour of your time and if any of you folks want to get in touch with guruji i think just talk to mrudula i'm sure she can connect you and thank you very much mrudula for uh, for giving us the idea of this session and also coordinating it so well thank you thank you so much thank you thank you so Hope much you enjoyed it thank you so much thank you guruji thank you pranam so thank, thank, thank you to everyone thank you anita narendra thank you thank you manjuri ruchi and all the other participants and especially uh, to you ganesh and yes stephen for your wonderful uh, formal question great thank you so much ganesh for thank you thank you no thank, thank you, you. i'll be thank you. thank you thank you and to to all of you for listening me with love affection i thank you and i pray to the divine in me thank you so much namaskar thank you thank you, thank you so much